The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, welcome to Starting for Attention. Richard Blaze here. Here we are. Uh, Jasmine Blaze is here. Uh, Jeff is here. Not behind the glass. He's across from me in the guest we seat. We let him in the same room. Yeah. At the moment. We are in the bowels of the Podcast One studio. We are. We're deep. We, we're who deep. knew they even had more than one there, office? We have, been, uh, it is, it, we have been kicked out of our, the normal studio. It's probably because of your behavior. Because Stephen A. Smith is up in there. Yeah. He was Stephen A. Smith is up in there. <laughs> good, He's fired good. up. Mm-hmm. It's good. So, like, I, you know, to be honest with you, I am quite okay relinquishing. I you would be our chair for Stephen A. Smith to call into the studio. He's not even up there in person, Jasmine. <laughs> That's the funny part. Yeah, right. He's just calling. That's the in. funny part. But, I, but I'm going to guess, even without a video feed, he still his brow is still furrowed. Definitely. And like Stephen A. Smith, he is fired up. I I often want to be. This is a totally like a weird intro, but I've most of the time want to be the Stephen A. Smith of the food world. We were talking that on the way down here. And uh, I don't yeah. know if I have the guts, though. I'm not... Jeff doesn't think you have the guts. Jeff <laughs> knows sure. I doesn't have the guts. That's true. You don't think I have the guts. I don't, I don't, I don't see you... Are you wishy-washy? No, but I don't see you as that type of personality. You're not a, you're not, you don't like to pick fights, typically. Does he, does he, he pick he, fights? I mean, he's he strong, goes after he's people. He's and people go after him. So. I've been seeing him do a lot of... Um, like, they've been covering a lot of boxing on ESPN lately. Mm-hmm. And he's been like... The, the boxing guy they have... Literally is like dancing around the studio like this, and he goes out after Stephen A. Pretty hard, like because I don't think that's his like Stephen A. Smith's like. Obviously, I think basketball is his main sort of sport. Sure, um, but anyway, uh, we're down here. Uh, this episode's a lot of fun. Andrew Zimmerman back, back again. Round one two. of the few Speaking guests who have come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. by choice and also request. I mean, he his yeah. episode was really great. He brings a lot of. You know this about AZ. He brings a lot of gravitas. Anytime he's around, I just, I literally, I just like pull up a chair. Like, I, I, like, I, I want to hear what he's saying. You when know? he talks, he, he's yeah. like, a mo- we were holding hands, not to spoil what's about to happen, but like, right. there's I, some, like I know yeah. this is uh, only audio, but if you can envision us for the first 10 minutes of this podcast holding hands. I Did know- you hold hands with him for 10 minutes? I would be really surprised from you, not from him. I'm sure he would do it, but from you, I don't see yeah. that happening. We held hands. Uh, like we get into I it pretty early. I could see you early. just so like dying to get out. He was of it. like, "You're uncomfortable." Yes, <laughs> highly. I yeah. bet. And I was, and, and like the thing was, I was a little uncomfortable. Of course, I know you. Um, but I inter. I was the one. It was who probably started. ten seconds. Yeah, it was probably like yeah, less than a minute. <laughs> it's like literally, and you're. But like, I initiated the physical contact. Okay, but he grabbed your hand. But then he held my yeah, hand. Yeah, right. And As it was, he it was, he's yes. like, why? And then, you know, it was a very interesting thing, but it is true. Why can't guys I want, just, I want him to be your therapist. Can we get, can we arrange that? Or he kind uh, of maybe is. life coach. Um, but you know, and one of the interesting either. things now that we're like, we've spent a couple of, I mean, we spent much time with AZ, but like now even like on the podcast, a couple of hours with him, yeah. there's always these moments where like, there's like emotion that comes out in a yeah. podcast with AZ because I mean, his job is basically, guy. you know, to travel the world right. and, um, you know, feature people that you would never really maybe even see on television television to mm-hmm. explore new worlds and find food it was almost a star trek intro almost yeah i heard it um but he was we were in new york city uh for the food and wine festival for food network's 25th birthday we got to hang out um he was also he's doing some msg sort of stuff so we talk about msg the ingredient right he's on the, the re- not madison square garden no not madison square garden so, okay, that would be it. for the like Stephen a smith right. like is yeah. madison totally square different. garden yeah. the most overrated stadium in the history of the NBA. Right. I don't think they call it a stadium. No, arena. There you go. The world's most famous arena. As a native New Yorker, I would be ashamed if I didn't know what, what the moniker was. Right. Um, but a lot of fun with AZ. I wish you were there. I you wish were I missed. was too. I always wish I'm there, though. Like I said, I, I when he's getting ready to talk, like I, I'll pull up a chair and listen because I, I think he's got a lot to say. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of a lot to say, um, you know, there's some rumblings and rumors. Is that right? He tells me this on the podcast <laughs> later. For those of you who don't don't who spoil don't, it, don't listen to the last 15 minutes <laughs> of the episodes. Uh, there might be a political future for Andrew Zimmern. I could see that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd, him. I'd be in. Yeah. Colicchio. There's a lot of people in the food world. I mean, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in the world in general right now fired up about different things. Yeah. Uh, but I think for him, it's like something he's actually thinking about. I think that's, he should. I think it's amazing. But I, I just think, think that that's yeah. also, 
if you, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, reality stars can accomplish amazing things nowadays. But if you think about like that world, like yeah, one day I'm running around eating uh, cricket eyeballs, right? And the next day, I'm, yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, I mean, we obviously know that he's he's always used cricket eyeballs as just a vehicle, right? To to I think to so. tell better stories, to tell deeper stories, and to to really get to the threat of humanity, right? I think so. So yeah. he's I think figured that's, it out. Yeah, I think I, I, that makes sense. I haven't figured it out. Like you know, no. also like for him, like he you know, like listen, you know, I haven't figured out what like the next cool like passion thing is. That's disconnected from being a chef. For I you? guess it's podcasting for you. But we're in a basement right now, deep in LA. Yeah, like, I mean, this is kind of like when we do it from our gym. This I mean, is what it's like you, over there on the blackboard. Though it does say, "Look, starving for attention." Number one show, big ad sales. You wrote that. Though. I did write it. You wrote that second part. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote it myself. Yeah. Um, Anyways, you don't know what your, you don't know what your second thing is. That's what you're saying. I, I mean, I, I think it's either being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, in, uh, in the innovation tech space. Um, being a, Robot a, chef? an entertainer that's one part comedian one part magician <laughs> or being a cyborg yes turning myself into a human human mm-hmm. cyborg that might be something that happens oh guess what this week too uh, speaking of guests who have been on the podcast a couple times or get mentioned a lot yeah. Potash Twins birthday that's right happy birthday happy birthday Dave, Ezra and Ez man, yeah just like crushing the game we should have come up for it they need to call us more I'm gonna I'm gonna I need to get their text messages yeah I, I will number. Yeah, I need you to, I need to, to connect with them yeah. quick thing Potash Twins uh, Instagram handle it's them almost exclusively with celebrities yes thirsty or no. or good I think it's just what they're they just moved to LA I think they're just living the dream right now see I'm jumping in with my Stephen A. Smith so yes, I'm I posing it. like the hardcore questions I heard yeah. it no I'm jealous like they're just put up, they're just hanging yeah. out with like you know Big time athletes and musicians and celebrities. They're up in LA Let playing playing music. And uh, I think the last one was who was the, who was the last one was um, a big uh, rock and roll guy who's up in there. Oh. Gene Simmons. Yeah, Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons yeah. and the Potash Twins. Could you like that's a wild night right there. Yeah, I, I mean, imagine any night with Gene Simmons it might be a wild night. Yeah, that's I mean, probably not yeah, anymore. Not anymore. Um, but definitely in the past. Uh, but that's that's their birthday. So that's kind of fun. Hey, listen, uh, I want to take a minute to tell you about the Analon Nouvelle Copper Series. Just like starving for attention, Analon knows that food, cooking, eating, and life connect us and are interconnected. Uh, we know that connections are personal and collective, extending across histories, social lives, cultures, and that we renew and refresh them every day through great food and great cooking. That's why they're committed to making quality gourmet kitchenware, designing and providing kitchenware that supports, grows, and sustains these connections, and committed to supporting, growing, and sustaining our connections to you. Uh, these Analon pots and pans have really changed the way that Jasmine and I are cooking at home. Uh, the non-stick uh, Nouvelle Copper Lux is just incredible, guys. Hard anodized constructions, twice as hard as stainless steel, multi-level uh, metal bases crafted with copper for excellent heat conductivity. Uh, triple layer premium non-stick interiors or utensil safe. Um, I mean, not, not that you would need that, but I mean, I, I'm cooking eggs on these things and they're just sliding around. They're easy to clean. They're rich uh, non-stick Exteriors, their Unity surface with flat, easy, clean rivets, uh, deep-seated stainless steel lids, oven safe to 500 degrees Fahrenheit, and a lifetime warranty. So you guys definitely got to get yourself some of these Analon pots. Visit Macy's to shop the collection and cook with what we're cooking with at home here on Starving for Attention, or go to Analon.com now. This episode's Andrew Zimmerin, and uh, I think we should just get into it. Jasmine, what do you think? Yep. Here we go. Andrew Zimmerin. AZ. Bow-bow. You're one of those real deal talents. How so? Andrew, like you're actually eating your food. Like I'm saying, like you're not. Oh, you know, I'm not doing. There's not like, a hand model coming in, coming in, or maybe. Or is there a hand model coming in? No. I'm looking at your hands. They're pretty no. um, unique. They're lovely. They are lovely. They're lovely. Thanks for hanging it's out. It's that combination of like ship's workers' hands that are very, very sexy, but also obviously the hands of a poet. Oh yes, I like yeah. that. So soft. Or, or no, what, just the just, hands of a just, poet, I would imagine, would be soft, emotional. Oh, emotional hands. Emotional. Those empathetic. are the best. Empathetic. Yes. <laughs> I have strong, empathetic hands. H- hands with te- t- uh, polished with tears. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. I, I always get I always get offended when people say to me. I, I get mm-hmm. this a lot. Your hands are so soft. Really? And it's like it's the worst thing to hear. Yeah, As like someone who's like thing. like yeah. works in an industry where like you know you're supposed to have like hands that are like from a craftsperson, right? 
Well, do you want to feel them? First of all, I've felt them before. Have you felt them? Mm-hmm. This is weird. This is yeah. No, it's think? a really nice hand. They're really do you soft. hold hands with other men? <laughs> no, you're the only one. But like, I feel like we have this relationship. No, just hold my hand. Yeah, just relax. We you're should not, do. You're this. not relaxed. Listen, I'm this not. is making no, that nervous. Was, yeah. All right. I'm just going to hold No, listen, hand. I watched the Mr. Rogers. I'm do a little thumb thing. I watched the here. Mr. Rogers movie yesterday. I'm totally relaxed. Have you seen that, by the way? I've not yet. I can't wait. Okay. Do you know who holds hands, uh, who I like to hold hands a lot with? No, tell me. Will Gadara. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Is that part of, like, um, you know, three-star hospitality? Or is that just, is that <laughs> a personal? hands with everyone. Right, is that just a personal sort of thing? That, he did this funny thing with, like, discomfort. And was kind of like exploring discomfort. Wow. Personally or well, professionally? See, no, just like anecdotally. Well, you see women walk down the street all the time, arm in arm. Sometimes they'll hold hands. Um, you, I'm sure you've been at home. You, you get back from the restaurant. Jasmine has put kids to bed and maybe a girlfriend of hers is over and they're kind of like snuggled on the couch watching TV or something. But like women can be intimate physically. Yes. Very much more easily than men. So Will started to explore this idea and he challenged me. He said, yeah, go. How many guys do you just hold hands with walking down the street and see how long you could do it? So now I've been doing it for like a year with friends of mine. And some of them, it started out, they were so uncomfortable. I know. But it's a great, great Thing. So next time we're together at a big event and there's lots of flashy pictures being taken, you and I are going to hold hands the whole f***ing night. You know what's amazing? That means that sometime this weekend, we're going to be holding hands it could be again. Very, I think Saturday. And like, I think Saturday. And then it's going to become my Twitter bio. Oh, completely. Like, well, what you do is you have a friend take a picture from like 20 feet away like it's sort of surreptitious. Just saying, is that Richard Blaze and Andrew Zimmern holding hands? And then... Watch could be who, good who, for both of our careers. I'm not lying. It's definitely going to be good for mine. Definitely good for mine. That's good, that's going to work out. Listen, dude, you're on like uh, so you're on this you're on the MSG World Tour. What's going on? You're, you're doing no, you you're, know, like I don't like and not Madison Square Garden, although probably. Do you want to know something? Yeah. It's funny. It's funny that you say that. Um, so three four weeks ago, three weeks ago, I came to New York and did the World Umami Forum that Aji Nomoto sponsored. Um, and uh, then I quickly left for Taiwan, mm. which, where I've been for a while, and where MSG is just another seasoning that's cooked with. And people understand it over the whole world happens to love MSG, doesn't get headaches from it, magically um, finds a way to use it in the appropriate places, and no one complains about it. And here in America, I mean, I, I held it up. Three or four years ago, I wrote a thing for a magazine uh, about uh, culinary racism and culinary ethnocentrism, right? So Mm -hmm. a a lot about foods from, you know, certain African countries, uh, certain Desai countries, and then sort of went after a couple of ingredients and talked about MSG. So I've always been kind of into it. And you know I love and worship Chinese food, and I'm opening a Chinese restaurant in three weeks in Minneapolis. Congratulations. Thanks. At least opening a restaurant is a crazy thing. Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, you when I told you about it, you said don't do it, and I. <laughs> uh, well, no, well, the, well, the but but anyway, the the fact of the matter is that I'm really sensitive to to this. You know, we we historically in college I was 19th century history uh, and art history major, and so you know the Chinese Exclusion Act. I mean, there were three waves of Chinese immigration, two of which were halted by these exclusionary acts, where Chinese couldn't bring subsequent. Um, uh, families now. What, what are they? You know, in the Trump age, we have a word for that: linked immigration uh-huh. or, or yeah. whatever. It's I, what Melania's family did, but no one else is allowed to chain migration. Yes, chain migration. Um, so essentially, you know, I mean, this has been a problem in our country for you know two hundred years. This is not a new immigration problems are not a new issue. So when when Chinese couldn't bring their families over, a lot of the men who had been out west working and trying to save money to bring families over went back to the eastern cities thinking it would be easier back here where there was quote unquote more civilization they opened up restaurants they opened up laundromats did what they could and um, over the course of the in a little bit before pre World War II and a lot after World War II uh, 
Japanese and Chinese ingredients started flooding our market here, including MSG from both countries. Monosodium glutamate. Glutamates naturally right. exist in all of us. Okay, this is good for our audience in important to mention, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is not just also specific to Asian cuisine. No, no, no. Right. But the, I mean, it's, it, it's the, the food story becomes really evident here, right? Because, you know, glutamates, glutamic acid, exists in... <laughs> A myriad of foods, some in very high concentrations. Most of the foods the dominant flavor, and most of the foods you crave. Correct, right? Because okay. glutamates are <laughs> umami. Yes. So the foods that have the most glutamates in them are the ones we most associate with umami. Everything from miso to tomatoes to mushrooms, truffles. So you know what else umami is? Foods. Umami is also the name of my. Um, Your dog. My, my super my supermodel alter ego. Oh, really? Yeah. Umami, don't you think it's that could be the name of a, like a Brazilian supermodel? No, or, totally. Or like sounds a, like a character in a Zoolander yeah, movie, right? Right. Or, or also like a, a soccer, like a like a you know a Brazilian soccer star, something like that. Umami, right. like one name, just umami. My, it kind of works. My my <laughs> my punk rock supermodel. Uh, name from the 70s was Anaphylactic Shock. Yes. I just like it. <laughs> uh, which is kind of food oriented. The But, you know, the Chinese um, the MSG comes back flooding to the American marketplace in the 40s and 50s and in the early 60s uh, a letter gets written to the New England Journal of Medicine saying that this guy's had headaches and he loves the Ch- you know eats a lot of Chinese food <laughs> and he dubs this problem Chinese restaurant syndrome the the NEJM publishes this letter and the myth takes off from there. And within 15 years in New York City, late 70s, early 80s, you have restaurants hanging signs in their windows saying, we don't serve MSG, we don't serve mm. MSG. Now, at the same time, restaurants all across Asia, many in Africa, many in South America have MSG on their tables. Um, if they don't have it on their tables, every recipe, I mean, all you got to do is look at, you know, all the episodes of my show, every home recipe starts with a block of a bouillon cube being sautéed with, uh, you know, mirepoix, whatever that country's vegetable mixture right. is. Um, nobody complains of headaches or these other things that Americans, you know, mysteriously seem to contract right. when they have MSG in their food. Um, but what's worse to me, because MSG has been the most studied food of the last 30, 40 years, right? Um, and AMA and, you know, the Headache Institute people, everyone has come out and said MSG is totally good for you. Stop it, America. But the greatest thing for me is that MSG has is, is used in higher concentrations and more frequently in the foods that everyone eats at home, all those processed foods from canned soups to, you know, on and on and on. They're all using loads of MSG, much more so than the sprinkle in addition, the Chinese restaurant where it's being seasoned. And magically, no one is saying, oh, I have condensed milk syndrome. Right. Yeah. No, you know, that's that's um, first of all, Chinese restaurant syndrome. Mm hmm. Maybe our pop-up band name. Well, that is. <laughs> right? I feel like that's something. You get anaphylactic shock, and I get umami out there, and we just like we jam at food festivals you know, as, that, as that punk band. You and I have discussed this uh, away from microphones, but my Led Zeppelin cover band, we knew three songs. Oh. We played one Sweet Sixteen. I think we played two Sweet Sixteens and like a lawn party somewhere for like 12 people, and then it was it. The band broke up. Uh, torn apart over a lot of different issues. But we named it after our favorite dish at First Walk up on 77th Street. It was Aromatic Prawn Explosion, mm. which we just thought was a great <laughs> Jimi Hendrix-style yeah. name for the whole. You could have just called it Bread Zeppelin, mm. right? And you just get a bunch of bakers. And now this is just an episode with, like, dads and puns and mm-hmm. dad jokes, basically. This is what this well, has turned into. Duff is much more clever than you and I put together. This is true. This is true, 100%. Uh, is it, I think it's safe to say, listen, with the whole MSG, I love the Steingarten quote from, like, was, like, basically, like, if MSG gave you a headache, China would have, everyone in China would have a headache. Well, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's silly. I get this all the time over fish. Um, people come up to me and say, oh, Andrew Zimmern, my kid eats broccoli because of you. Thank you so much. You know, we play this Andrew Zimmern game when you come on, and my 10-year-old loves it and eats broccoli, and we line up all the vegetables. I'm like, it's one of the things that makes me proudest of what I do is that I've been able to have that kind of influence on, you know, one kid eats vegetables, I've done a good thing in the world. And then they say to me, 
like kind of like parent to parent, you know, but no one can get a kid to eat fish. I mean, you know, they just kids won't eat fish. And I sit there and I say, really tell that to 180 million Japanese people. Right. Yeah. You know, those kids are eating squid jerky when they come home from school. Um, Children are not you know, predispositioned in their DNA to not like fish. They get the messaging and cueing from their parents and the culture around them, which is what we have to change if we want kids to eat better. Unreal. Yes, listen, for over a century, S. Pellegrino sparkling mineral water has been an iconic symbol of style and taste thanks to its Italian heritage. In a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle, you know, the one with the red star, it's become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences. And with its distinctive gentle bubbles... I'm taking a sip right now. Subtle nuances and perfect mineral balance. S. Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the taste of nearly all cuisines. That's why I serve it in all of my restaurants and enjoy it at home with my family and even now by myself in a hotel room doing these ad reads. It's these special experiences with family and friends that matter most. A crowded dinner table, a shared moment, uh, a time to reconnect while you're in the car listening to a podcast, while you're telling stories. Uh, It's time to be thankful. It's time to laugh. It's time to have fun. It's time for you to crack open an S. Pellegrino. This fall, plan for an unforgettable meal and most memorable moment with S. Pellegrino on the table, you'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. To enhance your holidays with unique recipes and culinary tips, you can go to recipes.sanpellegrino.com. You know that I compete on a lot of these shows, some of which we've been on set together. I do do know you compete Uh, on a lot of shows. Generally speaking, I I have a pretty good success ratio. Yeah, you're like I'm like, I'm I'm in the playoffs. You're a winner. Like if I was like an NFL team, like I'm in the wild card round. Like that's how well. If there was a fantasy football league for food competition This is, this is a dream. You know that this is an actual show that I'm trying to put together. Oh, go ahead. It. Go ahead. Finish this but thought. I, I, I would, there would be very, I can't think of someone I would draft ahead of you. Oh, well, look at that. Look at that. Right. Because my, my lows are pretty high and my, like I'm consistently okay. Anyway. Well, here's, you're, you're being very, you're, you're really good at it and you're, you're, you can cook classic and you can cook yeah, progressive. Like maybe I want to show last night on Food Network. I mean, who knows? But the package um, total. Ooh, what was what was the show on Food the Network? The total package. Uh, this was just an episode of uh, a guy's grocery games where I cooked with my sister, who does not cook at all. Oh, right, I saw that. And Antonia yeah. was cooking with her brother she was. and yes. all that kind and of we, stuff. And um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but here's a, here's my you confession. Cooked, you cooked with me when I got ripped off on. Um, uh, Academy All Star Academy Yes, that's the right The show that I won Yeah Twice <laughs> But they took it away from me See, now, see, this is how Like, you're, it doesn't matter Like, when you compete You compete Like, you're not bitter Well, we I, actually I won twice Right, right They had to bring back One of the contestants got sick Right in the middle And so they brought back somebody That we had already like Very artfully done a move To get him out of the game Because right. we saw this guy As our big competition mm. Right So I had already dealt with that um, And there's a whole bunch Of other stuff that You know And then I had one of my kids I chose the two youngest Contestants there Because I really wanted To mentor them mm, Which you are Two young mentor. ladies That I still mentor today I know I saw and one of them Was at an event A couple of years ago When we did Sobe That's right And, they were, and she, she was every helping Every year her. she's with me At Sobe And I, I love these Two young women And really believe In, in helping them They're super talented um, And <laughs> what's, what's really funny Is then You know You cook a dish That's so obviously Better than her, Tastes better Than everyone else Does the does the deal, you know, with the, whatever the we're supposed to do, it was art class, so we're supposed to do something that was representative of art. So we did fragola and seafood kind of under the water mm. on a rectangular plate. Yeah. So it was like a, you know, and you know, my, my I feel kids like I judged that. Crushed yeah. it. Did you judge that my art fault? school? I might have judged art school. No, I'm pretty sure you voted no, no. for me because you would have okay. voted for what I. You, I know, I know mine you might have been and literature. your sensibility. Yeah, and you definitely would have been plugged into I what we so. had going on. Right on this thing, and you know somebody else won with oh. like a grilled pork chop with a roasted you know nectarine yeah. on it, and I was just like, <laughs> come on! I love this because you're basically right now like everyone who's ever competed on like a competition yes. food show. 
Um, not that your situation is invalid, but everyone feels. Oh, it. everyone feels yeah. it. Everyone is like, I got ripped off. I mean, and and you did. Well, I'm not, not, I'm not, not every did it. Not everyone touches. I've kicked other okay. people's. I've, we, we've both beaten other people who know this that they're they're losing. But sometimes stuff happens. When Morimoto and I uh, did the the first doubles competition, I think that they ever did on Iron Chef was me and Morimoto versus uh, Marcella and Bobby. Okay, and it was. Fantastic! It I was bet. unbelievable. Um, they ended up having to vote twice. It got you know by one point, and you know this whole thing. And I was just like thrilled to be there. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. a Travel Channel guy, you know, and I cook good food, and you know, I certain things, certain competition shows are better for me than others. But it was just so much fun. I mean, we just had a blast. It is, and you know, watching everybody do their thing was great. And there was a tough Morimoto went so hardcore. Into the the Japanese vault, and Bobby and Marcella went so hardcore into the Mexican barbecue hybrid thing. It was like really comparing, you know, pineapples and and glasses of milk. I mean, it was very very difficult. Um, half of everyone, you know, the guys who work the floor, were like, oh, you guys won. That was oh, they won. I mean, it was a really a good competition. But Morimoto was so upset because he he felt in his heart. Right. That we had won. And I felt in my heart we had won. I'm sure those guys did too. But that day wasn't our day on the judges' mm. scorecard. And I'm looking around for him at the end of the shoot. I'm like, where, you know, where's Morimoto? You know, because we're buddies. I want to say hi and goodbye. And, uh, you know, he had just opened his restaurant in the first floor of the building. I went down there and it was just like out of big night. He was alone. It was, you know, whatever, Saturday morning. He's, you know, standing by the thing cooking and si- literally silently he like grunted at me, do you want lunch? I'm like, sure. And he made us both a, you know, like a chirashi bowl done wow. worry. And we just sat down and ate it in silence. Right. And then we hugged and I left. And I was like, was <laughs> I just in the Japanese version of big night? I, I mean, think it you was, were. It was unbelievable. Incredibly romantic. Morimoto is one of the few... Well, this is how I'm going to say this. Um, Morimoto is one of the few people who, like, you know, we see on the circuit and, like, still has no idea who I am. (laughs) (laughs) And and I want him so bad to, like, you know. So, like, I'll always go up to him, hey, what's up? And he's just always just like that, like a little grunt, just like, he he knows who everyone is. That's where it is. All right. Like, he just doesn't want to deal with it. No, it just, I think Um, it's his. The, the whirl and swirl, I, I'm not sure people, you know, we're pretty good friends. And so I have a, a, a decent perspective on the amount of stuff that he does that he's involved in at such a high level. I mean, to have those restaurants executing all around the world the same way. And I mean, you know, to be Morimoto is unbelievable and one of the most talented I mean you've been in the room while he's been cooking oh yeah I uh, mean it's he it, also puts on a great show his yeah, live show I mean, is it, great but, but, but I, I'm not sure people understand you know the more folks cook on TV and I think I think guys like you and and uh, and uh, Michael to uh, Voltaggio to a large extent but you know people see folks cooking on TV and forget how technically it, Fluent they are, and what great chefs they are, restaurant chefs, right. and see them as entertainers on TV. And a lot of people see Morimoto as an entertainer on TV as well. The guy's skill set is immense. It's just, yeah, it's no, just insane what he can do in a kitchen with whatever. And his work ethic, like being an athlete and all that. You the, know, the, whole up, the, whole, the whole thing is unbelievable. So are you competitive? Like you're competitive when you're cooking on Iron Chef. Are you competitive as the television entrepreneur and creator and artist? Like do you look at ratings? I, do you look at TV ratings? I analyze TV you analyze. ratings. Okay, so right. So, so you're looking at, at ratings. And are you – do you well, – it's, it's a little different because I have – I own a production company that makes some of my shows and I have, you know, we make shows for other people now. And so I'm, I'm looking at ratings a lot because we look to see where we're, where we're sticky in what demos. Sure. When new shows come out, you really do want to see, you know, more important than like the, the pure number of the demo is when you get an audience, are they sticking with the show? Whether that's by quarter hours. I mean, we can get minute by minute analysis. Um, so it really does become important because sometimes you can see 
in the first couple episodes of a show while you're out shooting episodes 12, 13, 14, you know, the episode one is airing. And if you see in the first couple shows that everyone kind of tunes out whenever you go to a market or everyone kind of stays in when you go to a market, you're going to do more market or less market. Right. Uh, you know. So that's, then that's happening. It can be those, a useful tool. That's happening in the field. So you're saying, okay. Well, it is with first, us with Zimmerless. four episodes. It is this with is what's going Zimmerless on. season two. Um, I was looking at, at quarter hours and minutes and seeing what people were Spot, trying to pick some trends right. so that we could lean in to what the audience liked and lean away from what the audience was perhaps finding less interesting. Right. Now, aren't there other things that come into play, though? Like, how do you look at the totality of that by just looking at the, the numbers from, on you the can, quarter hour? You can as an really mind yourself. Right. 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 Um, Bizarre Foods, I forget what, you, you know, had two or three shows that rated so high they were an anomaly. So I, you know, with you really throw out high and low scores, but I wanted to see why we got such a high score for some of these epi- episodes because they weren't our best, nor were they my favorites. But they were all nights that were either presidential debates, State of the Union stuff. Because right. our show's on Tuesday, and a lot of that stuff happens on Tuesdays. I don't know whether you noticed. Yeah, yeah. Programmers sure. like to schedule those things on Tuesdays. And I was just like, oh, my God. We're getting these huge spikes from people who are like, oh, I don't want to listen to the president. Right. You know? And everyone went to you. So and like I've been on TV either. long enough that it was a, it's a long, it's a broad swath of presidents from different parties. <laughs> Which is- but yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. So I now want to figure out a show that only airs like seven, eight times a year during those nights when people want to turn away from real life. Yeah. See, I've always been uh, unfortunate. The numbers would be off the chart. I, I always get the slot. Like I remember I had one, one show that was short lived um, yeah. that was like. Only it was like 4 p.m. on a Sunday, mm-hmm. up against like all of the main you know NFL games, and it's like that. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's not that's not a really great 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 spot. So are you at this point? Are, are you at the point where you get now? You get to call your shots as far as oh no days of the week and oh no no Mm-mm. okay nobody does. Um, a test is a test is a test. Um, it it really depends on what nep- ne- what network. And how confident they are in it in it happening. You know, when they launched Delicious Destinations or Zimmern List, my second or third shows on Travel Channel, it was just automatically went into the Andrew Zimmern slot because I owned Tuesday nights on Travel Channel. Yeah. So when they wanted new Andrew Zimmern content every Tuesday for the audience. So there, I wasn't calling my shots. The network was calling the shots, but I had an established night. I had an established audience. I did a show called Border Check. I think it's the best, one of the best hours of TV I've ever made. And it was produced by ZPZ here in New York. And Tony was just leaving Travel Channel. And there was, you know, he left, you know, people forget that he was, he had just, uh, I think, I think the network at the time, I think Cox owned, was before the sales of Scripps, uh, they had taken his voice and put it over like some Lincoln car footage or stuff like that. And he was like, I'm going to sue. It was this huge, like, right. you know, border war that he was having. And so they ended up taking border check. They didn't even if, if they didn't even let us turn it into a fine cut. The they aired the rough cut on like you know Saturday morning right. at ten a.m. Okay, and it was just a brilliant, brilliant show. Um, but shows get shoved into those places for all kinds of different reasons. Sometimes great shows made by great people. Sometimes a decision made the year beforehand just hasn't worked out for the network. You know, it's it, you know, all kinds of different. Reasons. So I've had both happen right to me you know so you ever look at that you're ever in the hotel room and you just because i do this with you like i'll i'll just turn on the, the tv in the hotel room and like it might it's going to be one of those nights where it's just like i mean yeah. it's, i feel like it's every night with you where it's just like you look at the tv guide and it's just your name across every hour slot it, you ever look at that and just like thump your chest <laughs> just just no. just be like i did it like i like do, this is like such rarefied well two things are two things are success. true first of all yes i'm very proud of where I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of it, and that success needs to be shared with about a hundred other people of course, who helped of course. make it happen. Um, so, yes, I'm very proud of it, and I think that people who don't take the time 
to do that. I, I think it's healthy emotionally and mentally just to, to be proud of yourself mm-hmm. for hard work because otherwise <laughs> I, I think you'd be alone in the dark in a but room. But you do get to that point where you're like, I, you know, I was there. I was on set. I don't need to watch it. I don't need to see it. I don't need well, someone's certain, congratulating. Some of my shows some, I like to watch because I'm right. seeing them in HD on a big screen. But you're but watching. I, I but you're watching the them douche. from I'm, a coach's done. perspective, aren't you? Yeah, but I'm sort of done with the douchey. I want to see myself on of TV course. stuff. Yeah. What, I, what I do like is peering between the seats on an airplane to watch someone in the row ahead of me watching my show because I observe them and when they nudge their spouse like oh my god look at this what he's about to do x or y or something really you know maybe they see something interesting that they like um the you know that's one of my favorite social media moments from you now like have you done you've done that a few times where you're peering uh, between where you're the, the creep you're the creepy guy in, in first yes. class it's like yes. taking a picture of everyone's tv screen yes and now i'm aware of what well, I'm i did that just, I just did to be that. clear i'm always looking behind my shoulder now to see if you're sitting sitting behind me I, I, which you never would be you'd always be in front of me but anyway one of my prouder social media moments yeah. was that i tweeted when the congressional hearings were on during the cabinet this is what i'm thing. talking about i was on the plane and everybody was was watching the testimony and it felt like the the whole country stopped to watch this incredible, courageous, brave, you know, woman get up and tell her truth. And I took a picture and a little, I think it was video or something, you know, literally the whole plane was watching. And, um, and I guess I was one of the first people to the, you know, mice to the cheese because NBC actually picked it up as they're like, you know, celebrities around the world or they used mine as the lead. Right. And I was so proud. I was like, ah, so I celebrate some of the social uh, media victories over issues probably more than the show. Interesting. Um, That's because it's also like it's just raw. Right, like I mean, that's just a moment. You're it is literally it is capturing in the moment, I, and it's why your, I love your life. Social media, as much as I obsess over pictures of your new running shoes. Wow, yeah, have you noticed that? that that's I, been, I do. That's, that's, you have a lot of memes. That, that that's been. I, yeah, <laughs> you do. Your your running shoes are yeah. a big meme. Yes, yes. Yeah. I try. So that's like uh, sometimes too hard. But like you know, it's like oh, yeah, I like shoes. Let's see if this thing is going to stick. Let's, I like shoes go, too. I like your running shoes. Let's. let's it go. guilts me, and I'm like, oh shit, I should go running. You look great, though. I tell you, when you walked in, like you're doing Thank something. Thank you. Well, I'm, it's I'm, the MSG. It's, it's all the healthy the MSG living right now. It's like the, I'm not. I'm not saying that like that's. Well, here's a here's that's a, a fun weight thing loss recommendation. That, well, but, it's a salt yeah. loss recommendation. That's true. That's true. You know, I'm one of the things that I learned when I started to get into this uh, MSG thing through the Ajinomoto people was that if you take a bowl in your house and you fill it uh, uh, two to one salt to MSG and use that to season your food, you drop your salt intake by a third automatically and the flavor of your what you're cooking mm-hmm. actually, the bar gets raised and I've done enough of these taste tests uh, with them, I mean I'm talking about like scientific I mean, yeah. Not just like let's sprinkle it on three bowls of pasta, but like you know a measured, controlled, scientific study tasting the food, and it is mind-boggling what it does to you know cabbage and carrots when it's been boiled in plain water for twenty minutes, and you have this really neutral, sort of pallid, um, unflavorful, but you can kind of pick out a few flavors to you know adding some some things to boost that yeah. flavor that are just. You know, fill your mouth. You can. You, you, it's like you're rooting around in the cabbage patch for carrots. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's that. I had a dramatic. moment. I had a moment on a on a segment on a morning show recently where we did this DNA thing, and it was like you got your fitness sort of like yeah. DNA, and one of them was like, oh, how do you know how do you cook with less salt, right? Yes. And I used some MSG in the yeah. middle of the segment with this doctor next to me yeah. who checked off on this thing before we did the segment, and then in the middle of the live segment, I'm adding the MSG. Mm-hmm. He's like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? And I'm like. <laughs> oh, you, you, first of all, this is a live segment. Did you hit him? I, I did. I mean, I, I, stood, I stood him down because like, yeah. I know what I knew what yeah. I was doing, and like we cl- we checked off on everything to make sure. But it's like it, it is interesting how like the perception of it is just crazy. You know what? The other thing about MSG, real uh-huh. quick, and then we're done with it, is it's like people don't know this. It's one of my secret ingredients when I compete. That's where I was oh, going I, before. A little tube of umami paste, sure. a little sprinkle of this, and yeah. it's uh, it's a way to make your food more delicious. That's it's not a secret. Simple. That's not a secret ingredient. Well, that's it is an ingredient. Yes, yeah, it's an ingredient. It's an ingredient, and a lot of people don't think of it and shy away from it. But they're always saying it, 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 the the phrase umami bomb drives me crazy. I mean, it's like farm to table. I just want people to stop using those phrases. Stop saying foodie. Stop saying veggie. Stop saying umami bomb. What about but, farmer to table? I want to do an app. 
where the actual farmer comes to your table. I like that. Okay, I got it. Like, like Postmates, but the farmers, the farmers delivered. Coming. Yeah. The, it's really we, just normal people dressed as farmers. Yeah, I just love to that. be clear. But, I love that. Okay. But like so many times chefs on the line have their thing, you know, fermented mushrooms in a puree. Right. To throw in stuff. You know, I mean, that is all this, you know, Nordic love is deserved. There's been some brilliant food cooked over there. But if you notice, all the things are pickled. There's so much umami in yes. their food. No wonder people are showing up in certain cuisine going, oh, my God, that's unbelievable. You know, I I believe a large part of the Japanese food craze in this country is because it's healthy and stylish and it, it checks a lot of boxes for us. But just the fact that there's soy sauce and so many other things and, yes, MSG in that food is another reason why it's so popular and taken off. And I just think we need to – I mean, at least for me – it is it's just time to move move past the culinary racism of why we are not popularizing African food, why we're not popularizing Asian food that uses MSG, why we're not leveling the playing field in that regard. My, my problem with Michelin sits along the same lines. Don't tell me there's only four restaurants in Africa that are good because I got news for you. I've been in hundreds that are better than some of the Michelin one and two starred restaurants that I've eaten at sure. in Paris and London and New York. So, I mean, you know, it goes come into on. a whole conversation about lists. Hey, listen, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for if you're smart, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. And all you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing true price from true car. Now you know exactly what you pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories before you even get to the dealership. True car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home or wherever you're chilling out. And how do you know if your true price is a good price? Because true car shows you what other people paid for the same car that you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. The advanced specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care developed groundbreaking minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids, endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers e-visits. We know GYN conditions don't stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine options now available, book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. That's InnovativeGYN.com or 888-SURGERY. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Can't get enough Richard Blaze? Then take a listen to any of Podcast One's other fantastic food shows. Every Wednesday, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway of Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast, serve up their own brand of food, politics, and pop culture. And chef Rick Bayless and food journalist Steve Delinsky team up every Wednesday to travel the globe while tackling food trends on The Feed. Check out Thug Kitchen and The Feed every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. You mentioned this earlier, real quick, you mentioned Tony's name. Yeah. Do you feel like, for a, for a lot of different reasons, and not just because of Tony's passing, which, of yeah. course, we're all incredibly sad about, but are you the last travel, travel doc person? Like, even, like, internally now, when I'm on, when I'm pitching shows, just, like, it's not, like, you're, like the, that world, it's not, like, where everyone was trying to do what you and Tony are doing. Are you like the, like you're at the top of this mountain, kind of by yourself? Like how did that? Yeah. Are you yes. The, and and that and, but the, and the travel doc world. But it's is, strange. Hmm. Um. And you you hate to open a whole new topic when we're trying to wind down. Um. But. I mean, anybody who's watched, I mean, it's food and wine weekend here in New York City. So it's, you know, and this podcast usually airs a couple weeks after you tape them. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, But for the last month, uh, Travel Channel has been replacing uh, a lot of their programming with Paranormal. Mm -hmm. And they have, while nothing else has been announced, they have come out and, you know, there's. 
and I've been tweeting it with their permission uh, to answer my fans. They are no longer doing food in Prime, mm-hmm. which if I own the Travel Channel, I would do. It's a smart decision on mm, their part, right? right? Um, so we don't know where a lot of my stuff is going to be. We think that the next uh, season of Zimmern List, and, and I'm sure by the time this airs, it'll be announced, is going to go on Cooking Channel. Um, and I have you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours sprinkled amongst five or six shows that I made over 12 years for Travel Channel that they're going to have to put somewhere because it represents a huge, you know, dollar uh, uh, pot for them. That may be Saturday mornings on travel. They just don't know yet. Um, but the whole landscape of the thing right. is changing. Now, I'm, you know, am I... Does this concern me? No, things change all the time. It's like a country radio station going rock and roll. Well, it shouldn't concern you. You're on the top. Like you're the. Well, this gets back to the point of your question. The one holding. I am the last. I am the last person, and so I'm. I'm really excited about the TV that I can make. I mean, I work for Discovery. You know. Today, I'm, I want to make more travel food television for Discovery, um, and it really depends on what their decisions are as we move forward. Am I worried about the genre? No, because I think people are really interested in it. I think they really want to see faces from other parts of the world, and I think doing it through food is the most shareable totem and the most accessible one. And I think I'm in the in my prime as a storyteller. You know, the more you know, the better you can communicate. And I'm sure you felt that way every year that you've been. You know, you get better and better and better on TV because the more you know, the more you know. Um, so it's a, but it's a very very interesting time as things sort themselves out and I, and I'll go it one step bigger and we can look back on this two or three years from now and and see if I was right. The food rock and roll bubble started mm-hmm. inflating ten years ago, right? I mean it's everywhere and everyone's like, oh, f- you know, food is the you know food people are the new rock stars. Food is the new rock. Blah 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 blah. A lot of people were saying food has always been our commonality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think the whole food thing might end up uh, constricting a little bit and getting a little more right-sized. You know what I mean? I mean, they – and, and I think this started a couple years ago when they tried to do a lot of food stuff in Prime on network and it mm. just didn't work. Right? Yeah, but that's so sad for Even someone the best, like me. Well, Because like other people so. had their shot and I, then no. like – I think it's great for people like you. Mm, okay. and, and here's why. First of all, you're young, smart, talented, and super great at what you do. That's number one. Those people will always find it. Plus, once it constricts, and I'm just talking about maybe 10, 15, 20%, I mean, it just becomes a little more reasonable. Then people are going to be taking a look and saying, okay, what really works here? You know. And when I see you on TV, I... I hold and watch, and not just because we're friends, but because you're interesting, you're entertaining, you're doing good stuff. I know that the food's going to be cool. So, like, I stop and watch, right? Um, I think people stop and watch me because they know they're going to get a laugh and they're going to learn something, you know, if they hang on for a minute or two. If it's not happening right then or there, wait for it. It's going to happen. Just like I sit there and I wait for it when you're on TV. And so I always think there's going to be a place for the people who are really good. I think what it's going to do is it's going to sort out a lot of the really crappy stuff because quite frankly there's a lot of really crappy stuff in that food genre I think you know and thank you for the compliment there there are people who are out there telling stories about food and travel that are really 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 cool um and I'm really, really, I, I'm, I've never been more bullish on my, on my own career um, because of the day and age that we live in. People need things explained to them. They're not reading newspapers. They need to understand other cultures. The world is shrinking. And I don't think, and I, this is what I'm proud of. We, we talked before, what are, you, are you proud of seeing your name across all these hour bars on the TV guide? No. What I am really proud of is the fact that after you know, 35 years of working my tail off, I am, I am one of the only people that can tell certain stories for an American audience 
and then we found out that it worked in 170 other countries. Well, that's it's, the, it's, it's an amazing. That's the thing. amazing thing about you, and what I'm trying to get to is like you don't need to talk about just food. Like you're just like you, all you turn on the camera, turn on the microphone, and just like let it rip. Like you're yeah. just, you're just. You're doing the well, same I'm thing Whether you're talking about everything. food Or travel Or sports Or music It's like all the same thing I should send you a tape Of my old drive time I did drive time radio That's right You've Minnesota told me this For a while I, I, And I it was my to... favorite job Right And we called the show Afternoon Delight With Andrew Zimmern <laughs> Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. Anyway, it was yeah. a fantastic show. Um, and I, I I miss those days of talking for hours at a time about whatever the callers or whatever was on the right. you know headline of the newspaper. Now, this was pre-cell phone days or pre-iPhone days. So, you know, we, you know, we had our Palm Pilots and our first Blackberries and stuff like that. So it was just kind of starting. Um, but it was a really exciting time to be doing drive time radio. So I'm trying to figure out a way, you know, how do I get that injected into TV travel and culture? You can't do a live travel food show. Five days a week That's just like Right It's just impossible Yeah but um, digital but we, do, Travel digitally We you keep toying We keep toying With ways in which We can We can conquer that So I'm I'm like Super excited So things we're learning here though Is I should also um, Be working on a show That has Food and Ghosts Combined This is what Kind of what we're saying Yes If I did a travel doc Would ghosts eat Do ghosts eat Ghosts eat Right, they have restless to, right? spirits Rest- feed them. So there's to- something there in the paranormal. I'm saying that you and I, there should be like a there's a paranormal food travel doc somewhere out there. We could do that, even if it's scripted. I well, think what if gonna- you went? What if you went to all the famous places that are haunted and ate there? That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what that's that's yeah. what I need to work on. Yeah, uh, Scooby Doo. When they did the ghost hunting on Scooby Doo, they, they 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 came under a certain category. They used a certain kind of van. Their 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 regular van got tricked out. It had hmm. uh, more dishes on the top. You know, so the Scooby Doo van I think had one satellite dish on the top right, of it. Right, and it was more tricked out. I see you and I in a seventies VW bus, happening. tricked out. Right. Roaming the world in search of great meals with ghosts. But we do it undercover, and the truck is a food truck that dishes out bow. And it's like, so people don't know we're doing a food truck, but we're really hunting ghosts. So you're saying it's like Mission Impossible, where... You know, some of the guys that work for Tom Cruise are watching him from a block away where they're doing some menial task like hot dog vending and then immediately like throw off the apron yes. and have to run in with our heat sensing equipment and other stuff to find the ghost. That's what we're doing. We and just leave the bow truck behind. All of our all of our team, like our hidden team, yeah. like in the field, it's only the Potash twins. I love that. But it's like good. multiple, it's not just the two of them. It's like everyone looks exactly Let's like Let's just them. run. We have to train them up a little because they have to run <laughs> fast. That's true. By the way, have the you goat. seen them in the last couple of days? I, have I saw not. them last weekend, and they're 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 looking like you. They're trimming up. Oh, that's fantastic! Like they're like I don't well, know what's going them, on. Both of them were on the way. To, you you want to know what's on the way? They've moved to L.A. That's what it is. And girls have come into the equation. So many things. There's so a lot many. of motivators. They're, they're in shining life. so bright right now. Romance and finance are the two single greatest motivators in human existence. I think they're, I think both of those things are, are, are happening for them. For them yeah. uh, getting near the end of the episode, we want to play a quick game with you. you yeah, know, when to. you first came on the podcast, we didn't, you were one of the first like 10 episodes, which mm-hmm. we so appreciate. Um, a matter of fact, it's still my favorite title podcast, Fermented Whale Anus was the title of that. Because we uh, talked about it. Yeah, of course. Um, this one will might be squid yeah, jerky because sure. it's something you said earlier. I well, mean, I like to kind of keep it Fermented whale anus. Cut, try, click. very few people in the world that have eaten it. <laughs> this is true. All right. This is called uh, Andrew Zimmerman's International Zone Coaster. I'm going to mention a, uh, a food yeah. that has an international title. Wow. And I just want to hear your sort of thoughts on okay. it. Okay. Yeah. These okay. are all foods that most of our guests are going to be uh, familiar with. Gonna so we're going to start right here. Canadian bacon. 
Oh, fantastic. My, even better than Canadian really? bacon is pea meal bacon. Uh, pea meal bacon is also taken from the loin and it's rubbed in actual ground pea meal that was it used a long great. time ago to help preserve it. Pea meal bacon doesn't sound like a great market. It doesn't, but very All quickly the- seared on a griddle. You have to remember there's yeah. very little fat in, in that cut, Canadian right. bacon or pea meal bacon, and most people mishandle the food itself and it becomes dry and awful. That's what it is. I was surprised that you said it, though. But I guess you just, you just love all food. But well, like, I, I but also Canadian bacon shouldn't have the name bacon. Here's here's the deal. I mean, people always laugh that I'm eating like some sort of crazy spider somewhere. And I'm like, if it's a food, if it's cooked right, it can be good. It turns out there's a right and a wrong way to cook a tarantula. I have found this out from personal experience. Yes. I've eaten them 20 times. And one time I was like, holy moly, this is amazing because they were fresh. They went into the wok live. Right. Just like you would shrimp or crabs in an Asian country. <laughs> and it was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. So with Canadian bacon, Aren't they everyone overcooks it. Got it. Okay. Aren't you have to fry them and get rid of the fur on the tarantula because the fur is where it's the poison is. like when is. you like got to sear off the hair on a pig's foot? No, what, what's well, going well, on here? Well, if you eat the hair in a pig's foot, you don't die. But if you eat uh, the hair in a tarantula, you can wind up in the hospital and you might die. So you have to burn uh. the hair off, take the fangs <laughs> out, defang them. And then it's like little land crabs. They're delicious. Amazing. Not as delicious as Canadian bacon. Uh, next one, Dutch baby. Oh, geez, Louise. Fantastic. I mean, I, the problem is Leah's that going to show you a picture of one she made at home last you, weekend, by the way. You can eat too much of it. And I do a, a big one called a Dutch grandfather called, called an Auflauf, <laughs> where it's this, just this giant like crepe that rises out of the pan. You fill it with all kinds of savory or sweet goodies. Then you eat it, and then you sleep all day on the so, couch. So you're okay with the, the Dutch, which is – but what is it? It's a crepey, pancakey, yeah, yeah. sweet – Correct. Sort of thing. Got Correct. it. Have you ever heard of the Dutch oven? I have. Okay. Now that we're holding hands. Well, the, here's the thing with the Dutch oven. You do it when you're 13 years old with your best friend at summer camp, <laughs> right. and hopefully you never do it again. Okay. Because anybody anybody who is is uh, farting in bed with their wife or girlfriend or spouse or significant other or whatever and flipping the sheets over deserves to be walked out on. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I do feel like that's a moment of your relationship, though. Like, if you get to that point, then, like, everything no, is- Let's be, on, let's is, be honest. You're, you're, Everyone has gas at some point. Men, women, everybody toots. Right. Right. There's, there's and book, yes, that a is book. a big relationship. It's probably the biggest relationship step forward. I think so. these days everything's what, on the table. Do, at that young point. people still call it hooking up. I think so. Okay. I mean, I'm not young anymore. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound. Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's a lot of people where, you know, uh, sex now has become a much more accepted uh, human need. All of our publicists so, are awake right now. So now there Just are people. Right, of course. Okay. So now <laughs> now a lot of young people, especially friends of mine that are young and kids of my friends, because I'm 57, so I got a lot of 20-something kids out there who I'm close to. Right. Um, it's like, yeah, you know, I went to the club. I was, you know, like I need. I needed sex. It was, you know, it's this week and I don't, I'm not dating anyone, but right. yeah. So, you know, sex is a, it's a different thing now than when you were young or that age or when I certainly was that age. And one of the amazing, you know, things about our lives today is that it's the relationship making that is the real challenge. Mm. When I was younger, you had to be in a relationship to even think about having sex, Right. It was a little more conservative time, despite the free love stuff that we learned in the 60s. Right. But it was a more conservative. It was relationship, sex. Now it's sex. Uh, maybe if the sex is good and you're like a decent person, I'll consider the relationship. But then once you get into the relationship, what are the taboos that you have to cross? And I think one of them is all of that scatological stuff. Can I text you some of these? Like, Absolutely. If I have questions in my Absolutely. life, I just want to know. Anytime. Like, I know you're a mentor professionally to me, but Anytime. I think personally, I think there's some things that I would like. Absolutely. To. Uh, <laughs> Dude, here's the thing, though. It comes around full circle because I did at, I don't know, Noah was like four or five, you know, when you're still bathing with your kids yeah. and we're in the big thing and, you know, mom's not around. It's like, dude, pull my finger. And, just, <laughs> and it blows their mind. Yes. And then they do it constantly. And your your wife is like, did you, no one else could yeah. have shown him that. Taking it back to Way the, to go. Uh, Way to go, oven. dumbass. Uh, <laughs> uh, American cheese. Uh 
I happen to like American cheese, and I'm pro. So I'm pro American cheese, and I've seen American cheese made, which is one of the most fascinating things in the world. They actually make thirty day old cheddar in fifty gallon and hundred gallon drums. Then it's emulsified, and it's literally sprayed onto this giant sheet of film. It's like a hundred feet long. So that it cools onto this plastic that then it's wrapped in and cut with these razor wires so they can make – it's watching American cheese go from cheese into a packaged 50-slice individually wrapped thing is unreal. should be its own Instagram account. Have you ever got stuck like in one of those wormholes where you're just watching like a machine crush Tic Tacs? Yes. Well, there's Instagram. how it's made. Oh. How it's made, which was one of the original big hits, I think, on Food Network, yeah, yeah. Um, is so popular today and reruns still with young kids and stoners. Is that Mark Summers? Because you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can literally sit there and zone. I, I will watch 20 episodes of How It's Made. Absolutely. So we're both fans. American cheese also arguably the first thing that was molecular gastronomy. I just feel Absolutely. like that's molecular gastronomy. Absolutely. Uh, English muffins. Oh, gosh. Um, I do love English muffins. Now, I will tell you something. They were always in my refrigerator for years and years and years. And then, and I'm blanking on the, is it Bay's? I like Thomas's. Yeah. But Bay's are the bigger ones. Slightly I, I'll bigger. be honest with you. We were only Thomas's in my house. Okay. That was it. Like, Thomas's I, is there another great. brand? And, I don't and even there, know. There it's is. Like, a, and they're yeah. slightly bigger. But they also make the crumpets. Ooh. And a good crumpet has kind of become a, like a thing for me. It's like an English muffin with holes in it. Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, Bialy bagel sort of thing, right? Kind of. Like, like I feel like Bialy, like, just like, it's one of those things, like, even, even though it's, there's not maybe much of a Do, difference. You're going to make me angry, though, because I uh, okay. live in a state that's, that they don't have Bialy's, and so I have to import all my Bialy's to Minnesota, which is What is it called when you get rid of a state? They succeed? They, what is Secede. Secede. From the nation, yes. That, that's, Minnesota should do Secession. that. Secession. Secession. I mean, if they don't bring Bialy's, that's but what Minnesota, should happen. Minnesota, you've been out Minnesota there. We're very just, gung-ho. We love everybody. Yes. We are Americana. I love my home state. I do think everyone – every year someone opens a place that's serving real bagels. And, right. and I'm just like, no, they're, yeah. they're not. Here's how, just, you, here's just, how you actually make a bagel. And there's, there's two families of making them. So you, you have a choice. But baked bread or even baked bread that you dipped in a – to boil doesn't count. Mm. Has to taste a certain way. This is true. Yeah, we're fan. We're gonna have a Bialy at some point. I love, Bialy. Cold I hands. love a Bialy. I love a nice Bialy. Uh, last one, and it's uh, of the Russian dressing. Ugh, please. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you for calling it by its real name. Nice. Okay. Which, which, okay, which the other name would be Thousand Island, which is bullshit. <laughs> okay. That I am so angry about this. <laughs> Growing up in a Jewish household in New York. Uh, Heinz chili sauce, which is different than Heinz ketchup, yes, mixed with mayonnaise, and then in some mm. houses a little bit of sweet relish, and some houses not. Yeah, and in some houses it was just Heinz ketchup and Hel- and Hellman's mayonnaise. Yeah, Russian dressing was your salad dressing, your dip for there was a jar of that mix in our refrigerator yeah. all the like time, a, and like there an is, old mason jar. There is in my with house a crusty cap, correct? Right? Like, yeah, there is in I'm my in house too. today. We, I have that because I put it on everything. Everyone puts on everything. Bravo Heinz now just came out right with mayo chip. Oh, uh, like th- this week it's okay. launched, right? right? Which is a tomato mayonnaise thing. I don't know where along the way this incredible condiment made its way to a salad bar, got filled with other junky stuff and called Thousand Island. Right. And the two things I hate, I don't like ordering <laughs> a half iced tea, half lemonade and have someone go, oh, you mean an Arnie Palmer? I'm like, no, I don't like to say it like I'm a 12 year old. Right. I would like half lemonade, half iced yeah. tea. Also, why would you say Arnie? And, and when I sit there and I'm like, I'm like Russian dressing, you know. And they go, oh, we have Thousand Island. I'm like, oh, could, you know, nice. stop it. I did get a chance once. There's to the Jack Nicholson uh, line there from what? Oh, wait, five wait, easy you pieces. Yeah, exactly. I interviewed Tiger Woods. Yeah, okay. And it was one of my big moves from local news onto the national scene because uh, I was a local Fox 9 features reporter trying to break into food TV. And uh, I was assigned, the guy was sick, and I was assigned to go out to the uh, PGA event. The U.S. Open was out in uh, uh, Minnesota at Hazeltine. And 
you know, Tiger was on the whatever uh, first round coming back on the thing, and I just squeezed to the front, and everyone is asking him the same questions, and I don't know why it popped into my mind, but I was like, Tiger, Tiger. Do you call half lemonade, half iced tea, and Arnie Palmer? And I just put my microphone right in front of him, and he just looked at me and just started laughing. <laughs> and then we started hashing it out. And the 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 national it, it went. There, there was no viral back then. This is twenty years ago, but it went went viral as best it could, and uh, it gave me a huge boost in my career, and was actually one of the things that allowed me to get in front of real TV. People was asking Tiger Woods a question that no one else had asked him, and he he felt uncomfortable doing it. And I said, "Right, because you're Tiger Woods, so like I know you're friends with Arnie, but like you don't sit there and go, I'll have an Arnie Palmer.' I mean, that's just the worst. No, but you know that like if you're if you're like someone of that stature, you want to have a drink named after you. Oh, absolutely, like, absolutely. Which which means I'm gonna have to create like a, a Tiger Woods like drink. Well, don't you have like a don't you have like a you know a a blaze runner or a you know blazing something at the restaurant? We we should, but I try not to get you know I try not oh, to right. make it all okay. about me, yeah. uh, <laughs> dude. Which, always, but, and by the word, yeah. the, the big word there, try. try. <laughs> uh, end of the show. You've done this before. Uh, we asked our guests to eighty six something. It could be anything you want. Last time you were here, you eighty six like nine things. So you were not shy about saying all of the things that you didn't like, I'm like, like Thousand Island it. dressing. I think I'm is already not, one that you've 86. What does Andrew Zimmerman want to 86? Uh, Thousand Island dressing. Um, Clearly. I would, I would, I mean, and I'm going to refuse to get political, but anyone who follows me on social media knows that there are a whole bunch of things that I would like to 86. Um, the, I, I think one of the things, and we talked about it earlier, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not bringing it back for, for any reason other than I see it as a really, really important problem. And, and you know, so we'll pick a funny 1,000 on dressing and, and a serious one. Yeah. You know, contempt prior to investigation is the most evil of human ills. And when you make judgment calls about things that you don't know anything about, you end up marginalizing and hurting whole swaths of people. But most importantly, you put a dividing line between cultural understanding, between very large groups. And we live in a day and a time right now that is so dangerous globally, mm-hmm. globally, not just here in America. If you study what's going on in, you know, the Brazil elections right now, in Poland, you know, in other hotspots all around the world, you know, Venezuela is about to cease to be a country mm-hmm. anymore. Um, we need we need cultural understanding more than ever, because cultural understanding is going to lead to political understanding. We talked about, you know, relationship, then sex. I mean, you got to understand people before we can coexist together. So co-regulation amongst countries and understanding each other culturally is vitally important and I think people like you and I do that through food and through entertainment. Um, And I... I so desperately would love people to start advocating for more cultural understanding with people. It's there's a lot of folks listening to this podcast, great people who are going to keep listening, by the way, um, who nod their head and say, oh, absolutely. I agree with that. I think we're at a point in our our country's history now where we have to step out and we have to start. You know, if everyone grabs one person. And talk to them about it. The world's, the world's going to be a better place because not everyone is ready to do something about it. And I think we need to actively engage with people in other countries and people in other cultures because we've got to save ourselves and our neighbors. Yes. Hey, would you ever run for office? Uh, I've been very public about that, that after I'm done with everything that's that's in the. That's in the cards. And, and I, I mean, in full transparency, people know this. I, I do a lot of work at home with a lot of politicians. I do a lot of work with the DFL back in Minnesota, Democrat Farmer Labor uh, Party. I, I'm in Washington three or four times a year lobbying and trying to work very hard on a lot of issues, uh, not just food. Um, the Electrify Africa uh, Act, one of the big ones that I worked on for several years, Um and it's something that if that's the place that I can make the biggest difference, I'm going to do it. We'll see what politics looks like. Mm. I'm not ready to, to hang it up. I'm just getting started. I mean, I, I still think my best travel TV show is going to be the next one that I make. Um, Ten years from now, do I want to be in public service? Absolutely. 
Wow. Dude, I am lucky to have you as a friend. You're awesome. Thanks so much for hanging out with Love us, dude. You. I appreciate it. Enjoy. Whereas the show's much better when Jasmine is next to you. It, it, it is. Yeah. She, she's got to come out here. Like, you know, it's like travel. You know, it's crazy. She, but she'll be in the open. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. be waxing about you in the open. All right. And uh, she misses you. But say hi to, to them and the girls and 100% will. Cutest family on planet Earth. Well, I don't know about that, but you're very kind. Well, Thank you I so mean, much for hanging there, out with us. But when that, yeah, they're, they, they're the amazing. Right now yeah, they, amazing. They, they're crushing the game without me. <laughs> Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Andrew Zimmerman, he's, he's amazing. As always, do us a favor. Jump on over to iTunes. Drop us a rating. Uh, this is the only five-star thing I've ever done in my life. So help us uh, continue the trend. Drop a little review. Uh, tell us you love the show. And until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, thanks so much to you for listening. And thank you to our sponsors who made this all possible today. Analon Nouvelle Copper. Thanks for the great eggs today, Analon. Uh, you can visit Macy's to shop their collection or go to Analon.com now. San Pellegrino, always refreshing. Uh, find S. Pellegrino in your area. You can go to SanPellegrino.com. And of course, TrueCar. Not just for new cars. They do used cars too. Visit TrueCar for a better car buying experience.